almost live from a library near you, this is Hellions Talks, starring the masked library, Kevin Hellion. He is the lauder of the long box, the hero of the hall, and he's on a mission to bag and board them all. Now the Retro Network proudly presents a talk show of comic proportions. Hello everyone, it's me, Kevin Hellions. Hey, remember when I recorded all the time, or at least more frequently? I haven't done one of these since April, and coincidentally, slash ironically, slash interestingly enough, interest, whatever, uh, I, we stopped doing the house show in July of 2021. Um, so it kind of, feels like stuff is all lining up in a way um and i've I've done the pop culture pub um with my friend chris which you can find search pop culture pub uh, and it's usually on podbean and i usually post links my ways um i've done his show uh twice a month on average um over the last year but i don't like he chris comes up with topics chris records everything uh it's usually 10 at night uh my time when we start um, and I, I haven't been able to do all of them, uh, because of various things in life. Um, but I haven't been able to do this on my own, uh, since April, as I said, and for many, many reasons. So we'll get into, uh, a little behind the scenes and then we'll go with, what I think I can do for the show now for the Retro Network for myself. And hopefully it's a interesting show coming out of that. Okay, so my goal for the Redone Hellions Talks was to interview creators, uh, comics, wrestling, um, and the like. Talk about their upcoming projects, talk about their careers, make something interesting, hype, hype them up. And I got to meet some wonderful people and be a part of some great projects and have some amazing talks. And then a couple things happened, uh, affecting that one, um, going through stuff I've been going through in my personal life. There were just times, days, weeks, unfortunately months where I just did not have it in me to do anything. I could go to work because you know, you can, your brain realizes that, um, despite everything, you need to make some money, (laughs) you know? So I was able to go to work and that honestly was about it. I would go to work, I'd come home and I would be on the couch. I'd watch TV and I might, you know, make some phone calls or something, but I was done. Absolutely done. I had nothing in me. I couldn't write anything, couldn't record. I couldn't read anything. Um, I could sit there and have the TV going or, or social media and zone out and just be a zombie for it. But I was done. I just did not have it in me. Um, and, and, and I mean, people know, you know, uh, things for personal life and what I'm going through and all. And it depends on the day. And this is nothing against anyone else at all. It's just me in my own head. And some days are better than others, and some days are tougher than others. And the days I had energy, I would try to save for when my son was with me, because I wanted all the energy for him. 
so we could go somewhere, so we could do something, so we could wander around, so I could focus on him. Because I did, you know, I think we all have days as parents where we're just exhausted. And you're on the couch the whole day and your kid wants to do something, you just don't have it in you. And I was trying my best to not have that happen while we were hanging out. I didn't want that to happen to him. I wanted him to enjoy his time with me. And then I wouldn't have time for anything else in the week. Sucked. Um, but for a show-related note, uh, I also get in my own head and get very frustrated for things. And one of those things is when trying to get guests and when trying to line things up, one, yes, like my schedule is pretty much the same Monday through Friday with various other things. You know, when is my kid coming over? Um, uh, I do, you know, I have uh, some other commitments for things, but for the most part, my schedule is pretty much the same. So I try to schedule recordings for people. And when recordings didn't work out, that's fine. I had a couple recordings that just, we tried and there were uh, tech issues and it just didn't happen. We tried and there was timing issues, scheduling issues, stuff like that, but we both tried and it's just like, hey, it wasn't meant to be. And that's one thing. But I had numerous, far, like too many for me to, to list, but I had numerous attempts at setting up interviews with people and just being ghosted. And it got really frustrating. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm anything special on here. I'm not saying I'm, you know, uh, uh, having millions of downloads or anything like that. But a no would have been nice, even. You know, oh, hey, thank you for the offer, but, you know, uh, I'm concentrating on this. Or, I, you know, I need people with a certain size audience. Or, like, a, a no. Just a polite no would have been fine. But to be ignored just hurt. And I'm like, why am I doing this? To just be blown off and ignored. And everything just kind of combined. And I really didn't want to do it. Um, but then the more I was sitting there not doing anything, I'm like, well, I, I miss this, though. I miss not talking to people. Uh, so I decided, and, and I messaged the Retro Network a couple weeks ago. I'm like, hey, I'm going to do my own thing. If a guest lines up, awesome. If not, it's me. This is what I want to do. And they said, yeah, go ahead. That sounds great. So that leads us to now. Uh, I am going to try to do, try to record a show every weekend so it can go up, say, Monday. Uh, you know, Monday, Tuesday, start of the week. Um, so that is my hope that at least I will sit down and talk about things that have happened within a certain wheelhouse, within a certain genre, within a certain uh, place in pop culture that people would expect me to talk about. And then, if at some point things work out that I could have a guest, it could be one of my friends that we're going to just sit and BS about things, it could be a wrestler, it could be someone in comics, then it will either be part of the regular episode, you know, that I'll, I'll record on the weekend with that person, I'll go through what I'm trying to go through and talk to them, or I will record it whenever both of us are free in, and add it on to the regular weekly show. So be like, hey, I'm Kevin, here's the weekly show, here's this, this, and this, and now let's get to our guest, and it's already pre-recorded. But at least I'm creating something and doing something and having interaction. 
Um, and that's what the retro network and the community ended up meaning to me was to interact, to be a part of something, to get to know people, to have discussions. And in my area, I love going to my comic store every week because that's one of the few places I get to have a geeky conversation with people. It's one of the few outlets that I get outside of being at home, you know, on my own here, or being at work. So I love doing that every week. But they got their own podcast. They're not, you know, we, we don't need to be doing this together and having that overlap. Um, I was traveling to, you know, wrestling shows, and I had grand plans of like, oh, I could go to this convention and this show and all. And now gas is just in my area just below five dollars like 4.99 and we're all kind of waiting for it to go over i honest to god thought memorial day weekend would be the peak and then it'd drop and now i'm like well maybe fourth of july weekend will be the peak and it'll start to drop a little bit because that does happen often but oh man it's nasty um so again my hope here is i'm gonna talk about certain things every week i would love some uh listener questions for things and then if and when guests line up absolutely i'm all for it i'm excited about it so with that being said what are the things that i will talk about either on my own or with guests what are the things that you're listening about and what are the things people can send in questions about well it's kevin hellions here who's been on the internet doing these things since what 2007 i believe and what have I talked about constantly, no matter what, in various incarnations of sites, podcasts, and so on? Comic books and wrestling. So let's just focus on that. I would love to do more. I have all sorts of projects. I got piles of things surrounding me that are things I wanted to work on for my own site, for a retro network, for other sites. I have many goals, but let's be honest. I can focus on the comics and wrestling, and I can talk about that all the time. And I can spout my opinions, which I feel are not perfect, but rather informed. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. Each and every week we'll talk about certain events in the worlds of comic books and professional wrestling. We will do we. The we is me and you, the listener. We'll do questions, we'll do commentary, we'll do opinions, we'll do general random thoughts, and then... And we'll see where this goes. All right. So what should we start with first, guys? Comics or wrestling? Well, coincidentally, I happened to get my first phone call before recording. But before recording, I mean, a couple weeks ago. This has been going on in my head. But I got a phone call from none other than my dad. And he said, hey, how about your buddy? And I was like, this does not narrow stuff down. You know, which which buddy? What? Who, who did what? No, he's talking about Vince McMahon and all of that that has come out. Now, granted, this is a couple of weeks later. Most opinions are out there. And I'm really just saying this because I thought it was very nice of my dad to call and want my opinion on things. And, and I gave him my opinion for a while. But then, you know, he was saying this this would be a good podcast. This would be a good discussion. I'm like, oh, geez, thanks, Dad, for getting that ball rolling again here. So, for my first opinion here, even though it's a little late, slightly outdated, for my dad, 
I'm going to go ahead and give my thoughts on here. So for those of you that do not know, uh, there was an investigation into WWE's uh, business practices, and it's revealed that Vince McMahon had paid um, a, was it, a legal, legal secretary, something, lawyer that worked for him. Um, had been paid, uh, what was it, two to three million for non-disclosure agreement. Uh, she was hired at 100000 a year, started a relationship with Vince. Uh, suddenly she's paid 200000 a year, and then whatever happened that she left, and she got paid millions of dollars to keep her mouth shut. And this was discovered in their books. So then it appears to come out that there's other NDAs out there, and there could be other hush money out there and other... Uh, questionable um, paychecks out there. And then it comes out, um, well, Vince isn't cheating because him and Linda have been separated for years. And honestly, for the amount of millions and millions of that they're worth, relationships are just done differently for people that are rich. They just flat out are. Um, so, alright, you know, if they get their own deal, they can do whatever they want. Everyone's consenting adult here. Uh, then it comes out that Apparently Vince would pass off ladies to Johnny Ace, John Laronitis. And I'm like, well, that's kind of disturbing <laughs> for a few reasons. But again, you're adults, whatever you're into, go ahead. My, my opinions for various reasons is as long as everyone in the room is a legal consenting adult and their decisions are not being made under any sort of influence, do whatever you want. Have fun. So, e even at their level, even at Vince's level here. Um, but it's the... Okay, if it's his money, and he paid some hush money, don't care. Do not care. Whatever. If it's company money, absolutely it's going to be investigated. That's just what should happen, in theory, in society. You know, if you use your own company's... Uh, funds, especially when you're a publicly traded company, as your own personal piggy bank, you might have to answer for that. You're going to be investigated. And honestly, he could probably say something like, you know, he'll he'll pay it back and pay a fine and it all goes away. Um, he's much older, much older, so maybe it's time for him to take that break anyways. You know, maybe he, maybe he shouldn't be running things. We who watch WWE have been complaining for years at this point over the content. And I think the reason a lot of us enjoy AEW, which is not perfect, but a lot of us enjoy AEW stuff as the alternative and feeling that most of the time they get more right than wrong for it. And I, I enjoy sports entertainment that I grew up with. I enjoy the silly cartoon rock and wrestling stuff, but at this point, I don't even think kids want your rock and wrestling stuff. Um, I think the last one was John Cena as, you know, cartoon superhero come to life for children, and even he wasn't cartoon to the, you know, Saturday morning cartoon level that Hogan was. So you're your audience wanting some of this silly, goofy stuff that Vince McMahon seems to love, you know, his childish and, and sophomoric attitudes, that audience isn't really there. People want something 
a little more exciting, a little more dramatic, a little more interesting. Right now, AEW is giving me those, those things. You know, promos that make me interested, matches that make me interested. A few things they're not perfect on. Women's wrestling being a big example, especially in my eyes. And then you got WWE with all their stuff. Now, with Vince, uh, with these allegations coming out, certain other things were brought back into light. Uh, Ashley Mazzara, when she was still alive, um, had a horrible story of being drugged and allegedly raped while overseas and pretty much being told to shut up. And we kind of, you know, got to look at that again. Um, Ember Moon, Athena, said that there was interviews about, hey, everyone look at Mandy Rose and learn how to dress and have, have all your goodies hanging out. She's like, great for Mandy. She can do that. That's not everyone. And no, that's not everyone. And also, if it is everyone, then it's not special anymore either. Um, I, I know, I know. It sounds silly to say special when I'm talking about, you know, a, a woman's uh, goods hanging out. But what I mean is, you know, it's the firefly logic. If everyone's Han Solo, no one's Han Solo. If every girl coming out here looks a certain way, has their boobs out, has their ass out then you're not going to care because that's it's all the same. Which is really like the Diva Search era of here's these models and we'll train them how to wrestle, barely, and then be shocked when no one cares, when they don't go over, when it's all the same, and when they get hurt. You know, so we got a history of WWE really not treating women that well. Ironically, as I record this though, Money in the Bank was Saturday, which had two men's Sorry, three men's matches and three women's matches. And I'm surprised. They also, uh, the women's Money in the Bank was really good. Uh, I had issues with Rhonda and Natalia, but for the storyline later, made a lot of sense. Um, Carmella did very well against Bianca, especially for someone who was not supposed to have that match because it was supposed to be Rhea Ripley. And I think she did great for it. Um, the men's ones, I can't stand theory, so I kind of zoned out during Lashley theory. Uso Street Profits was amazing. Um, honestly, I think second best tag match I've seen this year, maybe. And I'd only put it behind um, Bucks and uh, Penta and Phoenix in the cage, which I do believe was this year, but someone correct me if I'm wrong. And then men's Money in Bank, I was enjoying until theory. Uh, I predicted Sami Zayn, and I still think that would have been a great story. Um, theory with this title, and Roman and Brock being the two in contention is very weird, because there's no way Theory beats Roman or Brock. Um, I'd be also I'd be all for an unsuccessful cash-in, though, if they want to do that. I'd be okay with it. I just can't stand Theory, who allegedly, a while back... Um, the rumor was that he had been sending texts to underage people. But, again, if we have an attitude of we just pay people money so they shut up and go away, then uh, I guess the kind of attitude would be um, ignored. <laughs> but overall, Money in the Bank, very good. I did enjoy it. Maybe... I, I, like, Triple H showed up at NXT, I guess, and said he's back in charge. I would love that. I'd be very hopeful for it. 
Um, I'm Vince was supposed to be stepping away in theory, but he's been there consistently. And certain storylines like the freaking uh, Bobby Lashley and Theory pose down stuff has Vince all over it. Um, AEW, uh, what was this past week? Um, Blood and Guts. Great. Great match. Intense. So much cool stuff. But between Blood and Guts and Forbidden Door, I'm also feeling like, alright, where... Your, your storytelling is kind of done right now. You got a couple of stories that aren't done yet but your overall company stories your big angles were going towards forbidden door and towards blend guts those are both done so now it's pay-per-view build-up time now it's where you're going next now honestly any storylines have got to be like okay where do we want to be by december with people how are we closing out the year like what people do we need to get on the page here and uh, i brought it up on a podcast that i listen to every week and i call in to and bother them every week uh, at Odds with Wrestling Podcast, that I think there should be one women's match per hour. Now, if there's two in the first hour and something else in the second hour, fine. It, like, yes, there's things for it. But AEW, with all the women that they have, to only have one women's match a week on Dynamite is ridiculous. Absolutely absurd. That's where I would like to see some improvement starting. Um, I want to see Eddie Kingston start looking like world champion level because i really think the crowd would lose their mind if eddie got that chance and a ton of people say no no no, eddie kingston's not gonna be a world champion or he might not even want to be a world champion true i can understand why people might have that opinion but i think there's a very large portion of the fans that would like that to happen I mean, I think that would be one of the most incredible wrestling storylines of the modern era if Eddie won it all. The person who is about to walk away is a world champion. And whether that's Mox or Punk or someone else later on, or they do a story with Brian or Claudio or, like, I, I don't... Jericho even... It doesn't matter. I think I would start booking towards that. And in a way, in a lot of ways, I think they are. We got more of this Jericho storyline going, more with Claudio here. That's a very interesting new part of it. Very curious about it. Very excited. Um, And I like the finish of Blood and Guts and the questions it brings up for later. But I really want to know what the plan is. And I I have more faith in AEW for long-term storytelling than I do WWE. I think WWE through that money in the bank with theory and they do not have a plan for it i like when money in the bank briefcase is held for a while and teased for a while and the last what three years the women's one has cashed in later on that night so we don't get a woman carrying the money in the bank for the year at all i think that's kind of detrimental however live beating ronda of all people and i think the only other person who's pinned ronda would be becky at the triple threat at Mania. So that's huge that Liv is the one that did that. Amazing moment. Great. Good for her. Crowd loved it. I have no complaints of how it actually happened. I just like seeing the Money in Bank carried around. And I think Theory's just going to carry it around maybe till Mania. And again, I hope he loses it. But I don't I don't think right now there's a plan for what they're doing with it. I think it was just like, well, we'll have Theory when we'll figure it out later on. 
Whereas I think AEW has a lot of injuries aside right now, has a lot of ideas going. Now, speaking of ideas going, another wrestling thing here. So for those of you that know, my local wrestling promotion is New York Championship Wrestling. They've been running shows about 15 minutes away from me, so I go every chance I can. I had to miss one because I was at a, out of town, but since I started going, I've continued to go. Well, the company sold, there's a new owner, and I'm excited for this new beginning. However, the new owner is probably running shows in the Albany area, which is going to be about a two-hour drive for me. If I can go, I will go. But this does mean there's going to be a lot of shows that I will not be able to do that two-hour drive there, three-hour show, and a two-hour drive back. Whereas I could have just traveled 15 minutes locally to a show. Now, with a new owner, with a new schedule, with so many new things, it makes sense to do a hot angle to close it out, to build up the drama, to make people go, oh my god, what's happening next? And they did that. They did that at this past show. And I don't know if I like it. I see what they're going for. But I, I wonder if they misread the room, in a way. So what happened was we had a three-way match for the NCW, NC, NYCW heavyweight title. Current champion Fox Vineyard against Adam Stone and... Um, oh my god, crap. Who else was in the match? Um, oh my god, I feel so ridiculous, I can't remember here. Here, we'll keep, we'll keep moving forward here. I can't believe I can't remember right now. Anyways, what ended up happening was that we had a double pinfall. And it was interesting. It was very interesting angle to close it out. But it also really pissed me off. Um, sorry, it was Denim. Uh, Denim was the other man match. So, Denim gets pinned at the same time by Fox, who was the champion, and by Adam Stone. So we got two referees saying that each of them counted someone else's shoulders down. Or someone else as in control of the pin. This reminded me very much of Undertaker and Kane pinning Stone Cold at the same time, and then we don't know who the champion is. Now... Adam Stone, who is a local talent there, his whole family's front row. I thought for sure he was winning that title. His family's in the front row. The company's about to start wrestling in a different city. It would get his family to drive to that different city. It'd get a lot of fans go to that different city to support your local boy as champion. There was a feeling in the air. Um, I actually pulled one of the other wrestlers aside who I've talked to before on this podcast, I said, Adam's won the title, isn't he? He's like, I don't know, I don't know. I'm like, he's won the title. Every single wrestler that was there that night was outside with the crowd. They were either at their own merchandise stands or they were in the background watching. Every other wrestler was out there. And yet this double pinfall happened. So we get the new owner out there, we get the referees out there, we get a bunch of arguments going. I'm like, they're going to restart the match. I thought that was the only way to do with it. Have it be elimination style match now. Okay, you both pinned Den Denim. He's out. You two keep going. So we've got our false finish, our, our dusty finish in a way, but not quite. And then we're going to keep going. I thought for sure that's where all of this was going. Instead, the belt is now held up. 
and will be defended, challenged for, whatever, in a ladder match in September at the new location. So, it's a good story. It's a good angle. But I kind of feel like in that moment, you should have had the local boy win. And I was very frustrated about it. And I I don't know. And I, and I said to other people that were there, uh, whether I said it that night or I've said it since, I'm like, I thought for sure he was winning. And we're all kind of like, when was the decision made to do this non-finish and, and build up for the next show? Like, when was this called? Because honestly, in a way, I think I would have called an audible and said, screw it, Adam's winning tonight. Like, I, I honestly think I would have just done that based on the heat and the drama and the excitement in the building. Um, sometimes, like, Liv, Liv Morgan coming out for Money in the Bank, if you go back and watch it, she's already been crying when she walks out for the Money in the Bank match. I really think, and I haven't seen the story yet, so I don't know, but there's part of me, based on how she looked, that I think someone told her, like, two minutes before she was going out, by the way, you're winning. Like, I think for her level of work, her level of commitment for everything that she's busted her ass for, they waited to tell her. Because she looks like she's just crying her eyes out before going out there. Like, oh my god, tonight's my night. Now I gotta make it happen, though. Um, and maybe that wasn't the plan beforehand. Or maybe it was. But I kind of think there are some moments where, as a promoter, you gotta go, all right, there's where I thought the story was going, and there's where the audience is telling me it's going. And make a decision on the fly. Honestly, if if the new owner's booking plans have one guy as champion, in this moment, you could have had like a quick one-show title change. Adam Stone wins on this show, he loses it back on the other one. That's fine. Everyone in uh, the other night, Saturday night, would have been happy. And it really, like... God, I was going back and forth on it. And everything else on the show I was very happy with. But I'm still shocked. I'm like, I think you missed it. I think you, I think you made the wrong call on this one. And and that might not be a good thing to say <laughs> to the new owner. And I say it respectfully. There is a chance he will hear this. I say it with all the respect. I just don't understand why that call was made. I think Adam should have been the champ. But I'm very curious where it goes next. And I'm already trying to figure out if I can make the next show in September. Um, that said, though, you do see things that happen naturally on these shows. Uh, New York Championship Wrestling's introduced a new title, the Phoenix Championship. And for the last few shows, there's been tournaments for it. This past show was a three-way dance to decide the new champion. And in that three-way dance was my buddy and my kid's buddy, Chris Caden. Chris is an independent wrestler from Rochester. He has been a heel at every show we've gone to, and he is amazing at messing with people. He is absolutely, like, egoless, selfless, just makes the show more entertaining, makes his opponents more entertaining, takes the heat, takes the piss, everything, constantly. My best example, my go-to when describing the enjoyment that he brings is he reminds me of Joe Pesci in the Home Alone movies. 
just absolutely taken all this heat, all this pain, uh, cartoonish in a way at times, but just so entertaining. And you want to, like, you want to watch him get his ass kicked because it's so fun the way he does it. And he started, because he was heel, he would get right up front, mess with my son, um, you know, started off saying that, like, uh, whoever was on his t-shirt, Pokemon, you know, Pikachu, Spider-Man, whatever. Oh, Pikachu sucks, Spider-Man sucks, and you suck too, kid. And my kid just losing it, thinking it was the funniest thing in the world, going back and forth with him. Uh, two shows ago, I posted it across my social media. Um, the guy that Chris was face- facing that night uh, held Chris Caden for my son to give chops to. My son is losing it. Whole crowd was losing it. So much fun. And we went up to him after, uh, during intermission, and I was just like, hey, man, like, thank you. I know you're a bad guy, but you're so much fun. You're so awesome. You're so good to my kid. Thank you. And he's like, hey, man, thank you. Like, he's, he's just a good dude. He's super nice to spend time with. And then I noticed him, uh, I heard him at one point, and I watched him at another. He trains wrestlers as well. So I, I saw him and I heard him commentating. Uh, two of his guys were in a match, and I could hear him behind me. Oh, that was a good move. Oh, that, Okay, we got to work on that. Oh, that looked nice. All right, come on, guys. You know what to do here. Like, it was really fascinating hearing it. And then those same guys later in the evening were sitting next to him, and I see him pointing in the rings, pointing at footwork, pointing at audience reaction, pointing at, you know, movements and all. Really, really interesting to see um, a coach like that as well. So he wins this brand new title on Saturday's show, and we were shocked. He absolutely deserved it. I, I'm thrilled with the decision. I just didn't expect it to happen. He won. I'm like, oh, my God, Chris won. Oh, my God. And then the craziest thing happened. The crowd was so excited. We were excited for what I feel is like our own personal history and interaction with him. But the whole crowd, which is a very loyal crowd, and I recognize pretty much everyone's faces every show, everyone was so happy for him. He's a heel. He's been a heel the entire time. But we all knew he deserved that moment. We all knew he deserved to be recognized for all of his work. And so uh, intermission happens. Um... You know, we, we do our bathroom trip and get sodas and stuff like that. And we're coming around, and I see Chris just kind of, like, sitting by himself, just cooling down. He's got the t- his brand-new title in his hand. And I motion over for him, and he says, you know, yeah, I'm cool. You know, I, I, I motion, like, is it cool if we come over? And he's like, yeah, it's cool. So we went over, and I was just like, I'm so excited for you. I am so happy for you. This was amazing. And he's like, yeah, I guess I'm a good guy now. Like, how the hell did that happen? I go, I don't know. I was thinking the same thing. And then in good guy spirit, he goes and hands his brand new title to my son and has him hold it while the two of them take a picture together. I mean, like, oh, my God. My kid has a picture of him holding this brand new title with the first champion for it. And I hope he always remembers that. Like, it was so special and wonderful. And as much as I may have not understood the decision for Adam Stone in the main event, this decision to have Chris Caden as the first person to have this new title, I was so happy about it. So happy. So amazing. Um, He's one of those guys now, like, I would go to a random show just because he was on there at this point. Like, just, he is worth the price of admission alone. Um, so happy for him, and I wish the best in his career. 
and again, I wish the best for New York Championship Wrestling and whatever happens next. And I hope I can, you know, uh, keep pushing it. And I hope at some point, um, whether or not I can make it to other cities for it, I do hope they come back to my neck of the woods here and do some shows here as well. Maybe a bigger venue than they've been running. You know, maybe, because uh, I know it's not perfect. But, you know, we'll say uh, local. Something that I can say, hey, you know, to my kid, hey, buddy, let's get in the car and we'll be there shortly. You know, before you have to complain, are we there yet? Wonderful time. Great time. Can't wait. Upcoming this week for wrestling, um, I'll watch Raw tonight. Uh, I'll watch AEW at some point. I'll watch SmackDown. I'll watch Rampage. I try for NXT. I try for Impact. They don't always happen. I also um, will look at the pay-per-views every weekend as I'm recording this right now. There's yet another Game Changer Wrestling show this weekend. I think they ran one, like, every night. Uh, and I'm conflicted, because there's wrestlers that I like on these cards. Uh, the one I'm recording Monday afternoon, uh, there's a show called GCW Backyard tonight, where they're going to do, like, a backyard wrestling theme. But a lot of the wrestlers on it aren't going to come out as themselves. They're going to come out as if it's their backstage wrestling persona. So it's going to be gimmicky, hokey, cheesy. Uh, Masha Slamovich, who I very much enjoy, is going to be on there, and that's kind of the main reason I'm debating watching it, because I want to see her match. But GCW also had a disgusting thing happen Thursday show. So yeah, I think they did show Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, GCW does have death matches. I can enjoy death matches to a point. The quote usual stuff, I'm fine with. I'm used to the usual stuff. Uh, accidents happen, and I'm okay. I'm not okay. I don't want to say I'm okay with accidents. I understand that accidents can happen. Um, I've seen someone just roll the wrong way, and they get cut. They didn't really do anything wrong. The opponent didn't do anything wrong. The weapon wasn't really anything wrong. It was just a bad landing, a bad roll, a bad case of physics. And everything was going okay, and was within a certain boundary of, you know, it's it's hardcore, so, you know, it, it's a deathmatch thing, but still within, um, I, I got, I, usual? Is that the right word? Uh, an acceptable level. It was still within a, okay, you know, you weren't being crazy, it's just like accidents happen. Accidents can happen in, quote, regular wrestling. You know, some someone falls the wrong way, someone slips. Uh, you, you throw something and it goes wrong. Stuff can happen. This thing on Thursday, though. Uh, Hoodfoot, I can't remember who he's facing right now. Um, but they did a light tube spot. Which light, light tube spots are light tube spots at this point? I've seen so many, I'm used to it. It's usually you smash one over their head, their back, whatever. Um, occasionally you'll see someone, like, uh, dig an end of it into someone's head, but that's usually where you just set up a blade spot anyways. I don't know what exactly went wrong. I don't know if the light tube glass was stronger than it should have been, different brand, uh, if it didn't break. It, like I don't know what happened. All I know is Hoodfoot had um, part of the light bulb driven into his arm, and it hit something, and it did not stop bleeding. And they tried to like wrap it up quick, which I've seen happen before, for a light bleed. This was not a light bleed. Artery, whatever. 
stop the match, sent him to the hospital. I'm guessing he got stitched up, probably got blood. Said he's out for a few weeks to months. But, like, way too far. And I'm just like, all right, am I, I was thinking, am I done with GCW? And then I'm, I end up watching some of it last night and ended up not caring. Um, I had watched uh, a couple weeks ago as Will Ospreay against, um, what's his kid's name, Zach Wayne? Uh, young kid, 16. Great match. Amazing match. And part of me feels like the way that people talk about ECW, oh, it's garbage wrestling. I'm like, no, I saw some of the best wrestling I'd seen in the world up to that point on ECW shows. Yeah, there was trash garbage stuff too, but there was amazing wrestling as well. And GCW can have some amazing wrestling. And then they have shows that are just there, and then there's shit like this too. Where <laughs> I'm just like, that's too gross, that's way too far, um maybe knock it off before someone dies. You're probably lucky nothing bad happened here. It's also wrestling, though, so is that ever really going to happen? I think the I think the two worst ones I saw to this level, um, Sexy Eddie, I think it was a CZW show, got cut open. There's a GIF, there's an image, there's a gross thing of that online for years. And Mass Transit's disgusting, but that's for a whole other level. Uh, so I... I'm kind of wondering what my um, I'm kind of wondering what my thoughts for GCW going forward in a way are, uh, especially with this show being called Backyard. Um, I think I'll watch it. That might just be when I uh, stop doing a bunch of other things today and, and take a lunch, well, dinner at that point, chill for a little bit. Uh, that might decide my opinions for it going forward, but. Much like I said earlier for Vince McMahon stuff, um, I want everyone to be of age, consensual, in their right mind, and not get hurt. And if you're not uh, adhering to those things, then I don't know if your product is for me. Okay, so I also said at the start of this, we're going to talk some comic stuff too. Uh, I am super far behind on all of my comics. I've actually been redoing my list for comics lately, uh, figuring out what I want to keep, what I am going to get rid of, what I'll wait to read and trade, what I'll read online, what I want to get at the store. And there's certain things like, I have bought Noctera every issue since it came out, and I haven't read any of them. So it looked cool, but I'm not reading it. So should I still be buying it? I bought Radiant Black when it came out. Loved it. Absolutely loved the first issue. And then we got Radiant Red and Rogue Sun. And it turns out it's a whole superior universe. And I've still only read the first issue. But I've been buying all of these. Why? Like seriously, why am I doing this? Uh, and then I ended up getting like a stack of graphic novels from the local library that I need to go through. Um, I have review copies that I need to go through. Uh, but those were free, so then why am I spending the money on things when I'm not reviewing it or going through it? And I think that if you read comics, that's something that you should do frequently, though, is reevaluate. There are certain ones that I love and will always love and I'm always going to buy. And then there are certain artists or certain writers, I'm going to get whatever they do. There are some things that read better in trade than they do individually. And there's some people I just want to support, but then there's ones it's like, okay, this looked cool, or I want the first issue, or I want the speculate, but after that, I need to tap out. 
it's just not it's not worth the the financial commitment all the time for something that I'm not that into or not excited about. So maybe as part of the show and part of my own blog and and any writing I do for other sites as well, I can start dipping into that, uh, into my to-read pile and and anything I get weekly as well. I will say, uh, one of my friends at the comic shop, Tom, uh, he does a very interesting thing that I think I might look into and I might do myself. Um, he'll pick up a series. If he enjoys it, let's say let's say we'll do six issues at a time, graphic novel collection length usually. If he's bought issues one to six of a series and he liked it, he will keep it. If he's gotten up to issue six and doesn't really care, he'll remove it from his pull list and he'll sell those issues one to six on eBay or on whatever. I've already read it. I'm not going to read it again. If I don't care enough to continue with the book or buy as a graphic novel, I don't care enough to keep it as well. So why not just get rid of it, have someone else enjoy it, but now they've got this whole collection. I'm like, that's not a bad idea. I could read what I want. All right, so let's say six issues for each, which is freaking ridiculous, honestly, but that's where we're all at. All right, so I've spent $24 on that. If I sold it for $20, I'd be happy. Like, and, you know, if there's no speculating, if there's no, like, rise in value or whatever, if I just sold it for 20 and I'm out 4 bucks for reading the whole thing, I'd be happy with that. I'd be more than all right with that. So I've been looking through, like, some of the stuff I've bought every month that I just didn't care about, and I think that might be my uh, new attitude going forward to kind of keep things nice and neat. Now, the problem with that is what I do with, you know, random things I have one issue of. You know, or that I bought a grab bag, or I bought out someone's collection, or whatever it might be. That's that's for future Kevin to figure out. But uh, you know, they're uh, putting together a bundle of like here's ten random DC comics. You know, might not be a bad thing to do. And honestly, it's uh, I feel like over the last year, um, I how do I word this? As, as I lost things intangible, I accumulated more things that were tangible. And now, nearly a year out, I feel a balance again. And I feel like I don't need all of these things that, are, that were purchased to fill a hole because now I'm feeling better, so I don't need just things and possessions here. It's not quite Marie Kando there in her Netflix show and, you know, just have what brings you joy. But it is, hey, I have X amount of space, I have X amount of time, and I don't need to go home and feel overwhelmed. Like, oh my gosh, I have so much crap. This is ridiculous. I need to go home and enjoy being home. I need to go home and appreciate my stuff. I need to, you know, um, if someone's ever over here, I can say, hey, my stuff looks nice and interesting and cool. And it doesn't look hoarding or collecting at best or trashy. 
And unfortunately, it kind of took a year of like, oh, let me grab every single thing I find and bring it all here and pile it all up. So now I got that much more work to do to balance it out. But it's a road, <coughs> sorry, it's a road that I had to go on and I feel better for it. And some of that stuff is I want to review it, comics, wrestling, books, whatever. And then once I'm done, it's gone. So I'll see if I can do that for some of my comics. But speaking of comics getting moved around, we talked about this on Pop Culture Pub. Um, I need someone to explain to me uh, something about copyright. So if you're listening and you know the answers, please reach out, email me, message me on social media, whatever works for you. Um, I need someone to explain uh, Red Sonja uh, legalities to me. And by that I mean, so Marvel has just lost the license for Conan. Uh, they had Conan Comics again, and Conan was in Savage Avengers. Marvel's not going to be able to use Conan anymore very soon. Titan Comics not only got Conan, but they got um, Cole, which is pretty much Conan, but not. Solomon Kane, which is a very cool character, and Dark Agnes. And I was like, well, who the hell is Dark Agnes? I never really heard of her. And I've been told Dark Agnes is kind of like Red Sonja. I'm like, well, Red Sonja's Red Sonja. And is it Red Sonja, a Robert E. Howard character? Like, I thought there was the Red Sonja um, Conan connection there. Even to the point where Arnold Schwarzenegger's in the Red Sonja movie, starring Brigitte Nielsen, but they can't call him Conan because there's two different theaters, but we know it's Conan, even though it's a different name, and here's our Conan-Red Sonja connection. But then Red Sonja, while published by Marvel at one point, and while part of Conan there as well, has recently been part of Dynamite. And I love Dynamite, and I enjoy it, and I get way too many covers, and have way too many covers in my collection, um, because, as, as I've been picked on by my friends, oh, look, it's boobs, swords, and red hair. Of course you bought it. And I was like, that, I bought it because it's interesting, but I'm never going to live that one down. Thanks, guys. Not, uh, well, not that they listen anyways. So why is Red Sonja not part of this deal? Why did Red Sonja not go to Marvel? Why does Red Sonja not go into Titan? And why is all this Conan stuff here? Conan stuff's very interesting because Titan is going to be able to reprint all the Marvel titles as long as there's not a Marvel-owned character in it. They're going to be able to reprint the Dark Horse ones, and in theory they'll do their own stuff, but maybe not. And then we still have um, Ablaze, is the company in the U.S. right now, that uh, Conan is in the public domain in Europe. So in Europe, anyone can publish Conan comics. So there were Conan comics published in France that were adaptations of the original Robert E. Howard stories, and they were called Conan you know, whatever the story is over there. They're brought over here as the Sumerian, so he can be called Conan on the inside of the comics, but on the cover, he's the Sumerian. Well, it's obvious it's Conan, but that's how they'll, they bounce around the legalities of it so they can publish that same book in the States, translated into English. Um, in a way, calling it Sumerian on the cover, but Conan on the inside is kind of like Captain Marvel Shazam. You know, and, and that whole mess. So I'm very, very curious why Red Sonja isn't part of it, and I've not been able to get a good answer. So if you know a good answer, please let me know. Uh, the other thing, while Marvel's losing Conan, it came out as part of Disney buying Fox, Marvel is going to be doing Planet of the Apes comics soon. Now, the Aliens comics, which again, I have, 
and I had my grand aliens blogging project like two years ago at this point that got put on the shelf, but maybe I can come back to that. Um, and Predator comic is about to come out here soon as well. So Marvel's just been doing standalone alien stories or Predator stories. They don't interact with Marvel Universe or Star Wars or anything else they own, and now they're going to have Planet of the Apes as well. Very interesting, very curious. What Planet of the Apes are we talking about? Are we talking the original movies and, you know, Monkey Mask? Are we talking the newer series and CGI? Or are we talking something, probably not the Mark Wahlberg one if I had to guess, or are we talking something completely new? You know, uh, could could we even do, like, a Marvel version of Planet of the Apes? You know, oh, geez, uh, someone comes back to, you know, Silver Surfer comes to Earth in the year 3000 and it's ruled by apes or something. Like, could we even do that? Um, monkeys in comics have a long history. Gorilla Grodd, Detective Chimp. Uh, there was even an episode of the Justice League Unlimited cartoon where all the Justice League are turned into gorillas. Like, monkeys, apes, and com- and superheroes, long history. I even have a book somewhere in my collection from Tomorrow's Publishing, which is called Comics Gone Ape, which at the time of publishing was a history of stories in which characters turned into monkeys. Um, Marvel did Marvel Apes, oh my god, 15 years ago, maybe more, uh, which I bought because there was a speedball version, <laughs> an, a speedball a speedball version in it. I was like, well, I need it for my speedball collection there. But it ended up being, like, a really fun story, too. So, I don't know if I'll pick it up, because here's the thing, guys. I watched the very first Planet of the Apes, Charlton Heston. I've watched the first of the new trilogy of Planet of the Apes. And that's been it. That is my ape knowledge there. I know, I know, I'm kind of lacking. Um, I'll put it next to Aliens and godfather and james bond and yeah i got a list of things that i probably should have watched or consumed by now and i have not apologies all right but those are my random thoughts for comics wrestling a little bit of personal stuff in there and that's kind of what i would like to do each week and maybe a guest as well if stuff works out so your job as a listener one thank you very much to li- for listening it's the first show since april trying to come back around i'm trying to be better and i thank everyone for sticking with me and being patient also <coughs> forgive me for coughing also at masked library across most social medias you go there you could send me any questions wrestling comics anything personal whatever it might be please go ahead send me stuff like i said i'm gonna try to do this every weekend uh if i can't do it saturday or sunday maybe i do it friday when i'm home something like that I'm going to try to get it done, get it out there. Have a set schedule. Here's this crazy thing that people whose minds work better than me and, you know, uh, people who, unlike me, because here I am thanks to, you know, TikTok and certain other things, wondering if I've had, like, ADHD all my life and that's why I've never been able to focus on things and why my brain goes weird places and it's just been misdiagnosed. But I hear the people that don't suffer from that do stuff like write to-do lists and get shit done and have energy throughout the day. Crazy stuff. I don't know how you live like that. Uh, but can you tell you, teach me your secrets? So maybe if I do one of these things like have a schedule and plan ahead, I would know if I get this done during the weekend, that means I can post it on Monday. 
So that's my goal. We'll see if it works. But I will say I enjoy attention. So if any of you listening can send me in questions, comments, feedback, that will be some attention that will get me going that will make me want to record more because I will want to respond to you, respond to your thoughts and feelings, and that will motivate me to continue. So I thank you for pushing me. Thank you for holding me accountable. And I thank you for listening today. This podcast is presented by The Retro Network. Head over to theretronetwork.com for all sorts of stuff. I'm going to try to write there some more again. This podcast is also hosted by me, Kevin Hellions, and I'm at Masked Library across social medias. And MaskedLibrary.com is my home blog. I've been podcasting, recording, talking, writing articles, trying YouTube, all of that stuff since, oh, geez, I believe 2007, 2008. I was trying to think of it earlier. I know when I started, but I can't look it up right now because I'm running these programs. But that's a long time I've been doing this. And I've had a lot of good and bad happen in my life along the way. And I'm still trying. So here's to still trying. Thank you.